Hi, and welcome to Security Explained. I'm Chris Grayson. I'm Drew Porter. And I'm Logan Lamb. We're coming to you every two weeks with tips and tricks on how to protect yourself and your loved ones out there on the internet and in real life. On today's episode, we're talking about virtual private networks, or VPNs for short. Virtual private networks, or VPNs for short, are a commonly referenced technology for protecting yourself as you browse the web and otherwise transact on the internet. While there are aspects of this that are true, VPNs can only protect you from a very specific set of issues, and in some cases, can expose you to more risk than if you weren't using them at all. So when should you use a VPN, and what sort of protection will it afford you? Let's find out. So yeah, let's let's dive into it. Uh, who wants to start us off and, and tell us about what what is a VPN? What tell, tell me about this thing? Yeah, so a virtual private network, which is what VPN stands for, is essentially you making a tunnel to hide your information, and we'll talk about the realities of that a little bit later on. But it is a networking concept that's been around for many, many years, uh, if you, a lot of people are connecting to their work remotely right now, and you've probably experienced using a VPN that allows a tunnel into your office so that you can access those resources. Even if you're not accessing a, you know, office network, the concept of VPN is very similar. It takes where your internet connection is and kind of moves it to another location. Yeah, and that's like every time that I think about this or because I'm a very kind of a visual thinker, uh, it's basically like I'm taking my computer and I'm putting it somewhere else on the internet, right? Like, so when I'm connecting to a remote service, they're not going to think that I'm sitting at home or I'm sitting in the office. They're going to think that like, oh, this person's sitting in the Swiss Alps, which is kind of nice. Yeah, Chris, the way I like to think about it is, um, you know, we all have our own private private network we're on right now, and that's between our laptops that we're on and our router, right? That, that's a private network we're on. But then when we connect to a VPN, instead of um, the router being the gateway to the internet, the VPN server becomes effectively our router, which is the gateway to the internet. And, and I think one of the one of the other things that is kind of one of the core value props for these things is that uh, so so once you're connected to a VPN or you're on a VPN, assuming it's one of the it's like the commonly cited one that you'll hear about, because there are different ways that VPNs can be configured so that only some of your traffic exits through another IP address and, and some of it exits to where you're sitting at presently. But the VPNs that are most commonly like marketed to uh, basically non-technical folks or, or as, a, as a thing that just everybody should have, all of your traffic egresses from, from a specific IP address. When that happens, again, any other third-party service is going to say like, oh, hey, this person's actually in Switzerland. Like, that's what it looks like. Um, and one of the key points is that the VPN providers, so the entity that you are actually routing traffic through, they are basically the only party that is able to say, okay, this IP address in Switzerland is actually coming from that IP address over in the USA. Um, so in that sense, figuring out your true origin IP address is difficult if you are, uh, if you are not the actual VPN provider. So how did... I mean, you guys, you guys have used VPNs before, I would imagine. How, how did you all get them? I found one that I thought was reputable. I pulled out my handy dandy credit card, put in my information, downloaded their software. And uh, after they gave me credentials, I was able to access their VPN service. And that's assuming if you go with a paid one, right? There are non-paid versions. And as with everything that is free, if it is free to you, that means you are the product. So we want to try to avoid those as much as possible just because their whole job is literally just to sell your information then. And now not only are they selling your information at uh, like, you know, you visited this site. Um, they have 
a ton of information uh, about you, more than what typical marketers would have, which is why we like to avoid free VPN hosting. I'm sure there are some that don't do that. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> but uh, I, I, I want to I want to contend that and say I'm pretty sure those don't exist. Yeah, I, uh, unless there's some like benevolent person out there saying like I am the sage of VPNs and I'm just going to set them up all over the place and let people have access to them. Like this is like the um, have you guys ever used uh, hide my ass? <laughs> no, so so in the episode beforehand, we talked about how some of us have been visited by the FBI and Secret Service. Um, what do you mean? It some was of us? Literally... We, we talked about how all three of us were. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally the VPN service hide my ass, which is the ones that gave up all my roommates. <laughs> Seriously, oh, that's super. So, so wow. another. So, hide my ass has has VPN, I think, but I'm I'm more referencing they have like a free proxy list, which is where you can like it's like oh cool I'm gonna route all of my HTTP traffic through this random web server, um, and. One How long of the have things, they been around? They've been around for for a while, I think. Yeah. Um, and and so, they used to market that they didn't keep logs. By the way, <laughs> well, a lot of companies have <laughs> been doing that. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but so one of the things that I observed when using these free proxies, especially the free proxies that went through China, is that um, the if you were not accessing HTTPS websites. All of the HTTP traffic that you got would have nice little like JavaScript and stuff injected in the HTML that came back. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like Drew said, if it's free, you're the product. And if what you're looking to do is gain some sort of security or privacy out of this, you really shouldn't use a free VPN. Yeah, I mean, avoiding those at all costs, I would go as far as saying... It might be better for you not to use a free VPN than to use a VPN uh, that is uh, that is free. So, and and I mean that that's that's going pretty far on the extreme on the security side, right? We're telling people don't use this product um, because it's not there to provide you with the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not there to provide you to what you think it's going to provide you with, right? Use free VPN services when you're in high school so you can get around the little blocks there and visit all the fun video game sites that were built in Flash at that time, right? But so outside good. of New that. Newgrounds, yeah. Oh, man, Newgrounds. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, outside of that, you don't want to use free VPNs. And, oh, and those proxies lists. When I was in high school, I used to sell, like, working ones. They would, every time you use one for a day, the school would see it and then like add it to its ban list. So I had a whole list that I would print out and uh, individuals would be like, Hey, uh, what's the new proxy? <laughs> and, for, and for 50 I cents, I would give them the proxy they cents. could use for that day. Oh man. It was a different time, Chris. <laughs> 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 That's fair. That's fair. I think you all are older than me, okay? So <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Like 50 cents. Come on, man. That's not even a chocolate milk. Actually, that might be a chocolate milk. No, no, no. Chocolate milk was like 25 cents. Oh, that's two chocolate milks. <laughs> okay, so, so let's talk about what benefits you actually get. And I think I'm probably going to be more skeptical of VPNs than, than you two. Because um, I, I think you guys probably use them quite a bit more than I do. But uh, in terms of the benefits that you can actually expect to have, like, tell me about this VPN tunnel. How how should I think about what a VPN tunnel actually is? Uh, I'll take this one. So the, the VPN tunnel between your computer and the VPN server, yeah, you can think of it as an impenetrable tunnel between you and the server. And the only points at which your traffic is really vulnerable is at the either endpoint, which would be on your computer or on the VPN server itself. And what this means is that your traffic will be protected cryptographically against what people call a bump in the wire. So if anyone along that route between you and the VPN is listening to your traffic, it will be encrypted. And um, this encryption is so good that it... um, 
it, it causes issues for nation states. Yeah, and I, I want to riff off of that for a second because the um, again going back to kind of like I, I like to have visual concepts in my mind when I'm thinking about stuff. It's like I think about this as like, like a concrete tunnel that you're driving through. Like think about if somebody's trying to get you and you're in a tunnel, are they going to bore through the side through like the feet of concrete or are they just going to wait at the entrance or the exit and wait for you to get there? Um, and, and it's, and so these, these VPN tunnels for the most part, like, yeah, unless, unless an attacker has been able to compromise maybe the VPN server or your client or has been able to force you to use a like bad cryptographic um, cryptographic algorithm, um, the likelihood that they're going to be able to get through the side of that tunnel. So that they're going to be able to, yeah, sitting in the middle, seeing that traffic and like, okay, cool, I'm going to be able to decrypt this traffic and see what's being said here is extraordinarily low. Uh, there's lots of evidence that even some of the best equipped nation states have trouble getting through the sides of these tunnels. So their approach is to find a way to sit at either end. And that the fact that it's like, okay, there's this opaque tunnel that I'm, I'm putting all of my traffic through, but then it ends somewhere and my traffic exits and it no longer has that VPN tunnels encryption. Um, that's one of the things that, that I think about a lot when considering whether or not I want to use a VPN. And with that, in a VPN, there are such things as like multi-hop VPNs, right? So it will route you to one of uh, their server farms, and then it will route you again to another server farm. When you encounter these type of VPNs uh, and we're going on the nation state attacking route, if the nation state actually owns the middle routes as well, uh, it uh, presents a more interesting uh, attack surface for them. And there are some tools that are advertised as privacy tools where this type of model has proven to be not beneficial to the end user and provide no real security above and beyond just a single point VPN. So when you're researching these items and you see, you know, oh, we do multi-hopping VPNing uh, or whatever marketing term that particular company uses. Clearly, I'm not a VPN marketer. <laughs> just, just <laughs> no, you're, you're just a proxy list salesman. Yeah, <laughs> you know it. Hey, hey, you, you can't you can't bust the hustle in high school. You gotta um, get those milks. Okay. That's right. It was all about that honey buns, actually. Thank you. Oh, uh, that makes sense. <laughs> yep. Those were a dollar fifty. Uh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, w with all that, there's going to be other items that you'll see with VPNs. And they'll market certain things. That's one of the items that they'll market. And I don't think it provides any real extra security. Because in the end of the day, the VPN provider, whether they're malicious or not, still knows where you're connecting from. Even if they are having you go to multiple places uh, inside their own network. And, and this is one of the things that, that bothers me about... Uh, not necessarily VPN usage, but the it, I feel like VPNs are probably one of the most uh, complex technological things that I hear folks that don't know much about computers talking about. Right, like like normally when I'm talking about VPNs, like I'm either talking to like the IT team or I'm talking to other security professionals. But I hear lots of people that don't know their way around computers that well also having knowledge of VPNs. <clears throat> And so you dig into that a little bit and it's like they're hearing about VPNs through these various marketing tactics. And it's like, oh, man, there's all of these trackers on the Internet and they track you everywhere. And like you want privacy, right? Like you need a VPN. And like when you're in my VPN, you're unhackable. And it, it, it's just that's not true. Um, it, it doesn't work like that. Not that it, if you guys know of any where it works. And I want to say, uh, Logan. We we have another friend that just bought because there was there was some product that was getting marketed as something that I set up on my home network and it stops all of this privacy tracking stuff. And I think I think we acquired a piece of this hardware and we're gonna 
We're going to make sure. We're going to see oh, whether or not. We got one? I, Mark was saying that he got one. Yeah. Yeah. He said that he ordered one. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to pulling that apart and seeing oh, just how fun. big of a lie did, that is. Did someone just pay for pie hole? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, yeah. I'm willing to bet that it is a raspberry pie, but I, I, I digress. The the marketing shtick that you get from these VPN companies that are trying to market to non-technical people is like, this is just a internet hygiene thing that everybody should have. You shouldn't believe it. Um, it doesn't stop all hacking by a long shot. It can actually potentially make you a bigger target. Um, it doesn't stop all tracking by a long shot. There's a few parties that will not be able to see your traffic the same way that they're usually doing it. But let's say that you're signed into Facebook and you're still connecting through a VPN. It's like that there's there's nothing it in the browser. Nothing. Yeah, it, exactly. It, get, it gets you absolutely nothing. Um so like in reality, so so going back to what, what Logan was saying about the whole like tunnel idea is that like let's like just think about it this way. You have your computer, your computer is now connected to some other computer far away and it's tunneled there. So other parties that are around your computer, whether they're on the same Wi-Fi, whether they're sharing um, the same kind of like wireless access point, I guess that's the same thing. But um, like those parties are not going to be able to see things the same way. But everybody else, all the websites that you're connecting to, all the people that are potentially at the other side of that tunnel um, are going to have that visibility. So it's it's the benefits are super overstated. Um, and, and you should be very careful in, in believing everything you hear uh, when it comes to these marketing pages. But there is, <clears throat> so there's typically like a set of, a set of scenarios of like the canonical examples of like when you should use a VPN. And I know one of them that is said all the time is like, oh, you're in a coffee shop and you're on the open Wi-Fi network. What, what do you guys think about VPN usage in this scenario? What are we, what are we getting protected from? Uh, I would say use a hotspot first, but yeah. if you must connect to that, then yeah, uh, VPN is a good call. Yep. Yeah, I mean we're 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 protecting from the you know malicious person who is setting up their own like clone of the coffee shop Wi-Fi. And who would do something like that, Drew? I yeah, who would do something <laughs> like that? <laughs> That's a who great question. Stuff. What kind of that, jerk does that? Yeah, I know. Um, actually, fairly recently, we just uh, we just did it on a uh, on a pen test because we had to man in the middle of someone's connection, and yep. they uh, they were just chilling out on the coffee on the. It literally was a coffee shop uh, Wi-Fi and accessing remote work items there without a vpn uh, which i thought was interesting they were getting into a development environment which is why i guess they didn't think they needed a vpn uh, we were able to do some man in the middle and then long behold their development environment is actually also connected to their corporate environment uh, so multiple things were wrong there but yeah the the person who is doing you know well wi-fi hacking at a coffee shop, right? And this scenario becomes increasingly more likely uh, the closer you are to two items, in my opinion. Uh, the first one is uh, my suspicions, and the second one is pretty much fact. Uh, the closer you are to large financial institutions, I always feel like there is a uh, higher likelihood that people are going to try to be listening to uh, wireless traffic that is my suspicion. That is not proven by fact. The second one, which is proven by fact, is the closer you are to a tech college, the more likely it is someone is going to be uh, <laughs> messing with the Wi-Fi at the coffee shop. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're going to coffee shops around uh, your local tech college, then Say hey, Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Georgia Tech. Right. I knew some of the people uh, that did that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, you know, that, that's what we used to do in college. Right. So I, that's why I say that one's pretty much fact. Was that like a Mish Hedberg joke? <laughs> we used to do this in college. We did still do it, too, but we used to do it as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so, so that's that's one of the items. Right. And, and then at the same time, while you're at a uh, coffee shop, uh, another reason why you do this is because some coffee shops 
themselves are injecting uh, ads into your uh, browser uh, in the feed itself. So if you just don't want to be susceptible to those, uh, you know, ads uh, that are being injected actually can be quite malicious depending on what ads are being injected. Hopefully the coffee shop is, you know, going through a reputable marketing company, but they don't always do that. <laughs> yeah. and, that was uh, reputable ad. Uh, ad <laughs> uh, I don't want to um, derail us too much, but on that point, um, there are eyeball networks that have been caught doing that traffic manipulation, right? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head who has done that, but I want to say it was someone like Comcast or Spectrum. I will, they're, they're such reputable companies. that they, Those companies would never do something like that. So, so, so it, was, it was Comcast. I was doing stuff. (laughs) I remember, dude, I remember this. I remember being a Comcast customer back in Georgia and there was something going on where it's like I was getting ads on other websites unrelated to like, like, and it was being injected by Comcast. That was insane. That's insane. Some of these ISPs are so, this is, this is what happens when you have, um, what's the name for a monopoly that you have strictly because of location? It's like, you don't have that's what that's slight tangent, and I'm gonna touch on Google Fiber here uh, again in a minute. But that's one of the great things that Google Fiber did is like you had all of these, all of these uh, ISPs which are basically not innovating, not inc- improving traffic or bandwidth or anything like that. And all of a sudden, Google Fiber comes in and is like, "This is stupid. We're gonna give people gigabit traffic," and then all of a sudden, gigabit plans are available all over the place. Um, I know that I know that forced Comcast's hand in, in Georgia and you know Logan and I have a special place in our hearts for Comcast. Oh, yeah, um, man. <clears throat> but the <laughs> the hey, one one other thing that I wanted to That's putting uh, it like everyone. Uh, <laughs> well, know. <laughs> you know, this special place can mean a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> got a special place in my body. It's it's cancer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's, so VPNs are valid in these cases, right? Uh, the, these places where interception could be more likely. And uh, this is not just, I mean, we, we, we call it the coffee shop scenario, but it's not just coffee shops, right? It's bars. It's, it's any place that allows people to hang out and has uh, the, the availability to connect to their wireless network. So you don't use your data on your phone. And this is kind of the lure that a lot of people use is they're like, oh, I don't want to use data on my Free phone. So I'm not going to, yeah, Ooh. I'm not going to put up a hotspot. Um, and it's like, oh, no, no. If you are connecting to a ton of coffee shop Wi-Fi stuff, you should invest in uh, Internet service on your phone. I like that to allows you to. Yeah, <laughs> All the viruses. That. Uh, oh, yes. Allows you to, you know, use a hotspot with multiple gigabytes of data um, a month with it. So, uh, but if you must use a coffee, you know, Wi-Fi because you have to download something ridiculously large and you don't want to use all your data on your hotspot, you know, having a VPN does provide some level of uh, security and privacy. And to to that, like going on that privacy. Um, well, let me let me let me hop in there. One okay. of the so so we can probably just stop calling this the coffee shop scenario and rename it the open Wi Fi scenario. Um, but <laughs> yeah. coffee shops are particularly susceptible to the college kids wanting to go there. Um, but the the one other thing that we didn't that we didn't kind of highlight is um, so yeah, you can have you can have really reputable ISPs like Comcast uh, injecting advertisements in various HTTP websites. The other side of that is like one of the reasons that these that these companies will uh, like provide public Wi-Fi is like they can sell your browsing data. Uh, so they can say that like, oh, yes, when people are at my shop, this is how much time they're spending uh, looking at these various websites. So you kind of analytics like that. And even when you're connecting to websites over HTTPS, uh, depending on how you are, depending on how your computer is figuring out where the uh, where the website is on the internet, so there's a protocol called uh, DNS. Uh, DNS in most cases is not encrypted, uh, and 
DNS will leak what websites you plan on connecting to, even if connecting to that website is entirely secure. So, so there's a bunch of interesting analytical data that you can get when you host an open wireless network. And like, and <laughs> yeah, so, so going back to the whole like college kids do this, um, it is, it is, and, and like Drew, I'm pretty sure we've been on at least one engagement together where it's like, yes, this is a great way to harvest corporate credentials is, uh, you just spin up something that looks exactly like the same open Wi-Fi network that somebody expects to be connecting to. You make it so that your network is more attractive for new computers to connect to, and you have like, you know, a, a paywall or something. I guess not a paywall, but something where somebody has to type in some credentials to gain access to the internet, and you just harvest them that way. Uh, so it, it is a really easy, out of the box, simple to do attack that uh, college kids enjoy doing. But yes, yeah, so uh, why don't we talk about one of the one of the other scenarios why people are attracted to VPNs? Yeah, so I think if people are familiar with the concept of VPNs, it's probably from people mentioning torrenting. People use VPNs to pirate things. Um, yeah, and um, R. <laughs> R. I mean, on to that, using them to, to pirate items. If you have ever pirated anything, and you weren't using a VPN, you might have gotten a letter before. I personally have never gotten a letter. Uh, I know before. somebody that got a letter. Uh, Was it you? I know, just somebody I know closely. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I definitely have family members <laughs> that have gotten letters before. And they're like, why did I get this letter? And I was just like, because you were doing things wrong. That's why you got the letter. Uh, <laughs> let me teach you how to do things correctly. No, uh, <laughs> let me uh, uh, let me show you how to increase your privacy. Is how actually I word that. Oh, but, you sound like one of those VPN marketers. I just, <laughs> man, maybe I am a VPN marketing person. Uh, so, so with that, also on that privacy scenario, outside of like that open Wi-Fi or coffee shop scenarios that we were talking about, the other item dealing with uh, privacy or just getting around certain restrictions, I guess, and this isn't necessarily tied directly to privacy, is if you ever go to YouTube and it says, like, this content is not available in your country, um, it's like, hmm, I am in the United States right now. And it's just like, go on my vpn and it's like now i am in switzerland let me view this video damn it and <laughs> youtube's like oh yeah hey this person who was just in the u.s is now in switzerland yep. same same account yeah right and uh that that in itself gets around those items but in that scenario going back to this privacy scenario and some of the faults with vpn and one I was connected in the U.S. as it looked like to YouTube uh, and I was logged into my account, right? Then all of a sudden I disconnected from YouTube and then I reappeared in Switzerland because I can travel like that, right? I have a portal that just lets me drop into other countries. Well, it's the particle accelerator they have in Switzerland. Everybody knows about that. Ah. Mm. Ah, you're not supposed to give away the secrets, man. <laughs> uh, but but with that, uh, you know that that is you you are leading or or leaving breadcrumbs around at different places, and this kind of defeats the privacy scenario uh, that a lot of people really tout VPNs for, right? And it's these type of items. And it even can include, you know, the certain type of cookies, different types of cookies that you have in your browser that you have to accept to use certain websites. All of a sudden, you're disconnecting and you're reconnecting and you are, you know, two or 3,000 miles away from where you were originally. They're going to be like, okay, he is now using a VPN. Um, yeah, and- plus, your, plus, plus the IP address that you're egressing from. I mean, these VPN companies typically have to buy blocks of IP addresses 
And so they're like known to be associated with VPN companies. So uh, another, like, I know Netflix is really good at this. I think HBO is really good at it as well. Like you can try hopping on a VPN and like, you'll go to Google and be like, oh, welcome to Swiss Google. Uh, but then you go to Netflix, it's like, yeah, we know you're on a VPN because you're actually coming from this IP address block that we know is associated with the VPN provider. Yeah. Right. And and if you're like really worried about that or if you don't want to use one of these VPN providers that provides this service because you'll say like, oh, people will know that I'm using a VPN and I don't want that. Um, you can set up your own VPN server, right, and configure it. Uh, in a particular way to where it provides maybe a little bit more privacy uh, and it won't be coming from one of these large known blocks that VPN providers own. Uh, with that, a lot of times you are sacrificing some items, um, not just ease of use because now you have to set up the server, but a lot of times you're also sacrificing speed. Uh, a lot of the top end you know, providers have insane pipes going to and from their, uh, you know, server farms. And when I say pipes, I mean, internet connection, the large amount of bandwidth that they can use. Uh, so though it takes a little bit more work um, and provides a little bit more privacy, it usually is also going to be a little bit slower. So it's a trade-off that you have to look into. And that's always whenever we are looking into privacy, uh, many times, we have to do these trade-offs to see, okay, I want to make sure that I am, you know, using a VPN because I do go to coffee shops a lot, but I don't want to use one of these main brand VPNs because then I also don't know, uh, are they really logging or anything like that? And if you set up your own VPN and knowing that whatever ISP on the other side is still going to be able to see who you are, um, you can do that if you're just looking for it as a pure uh, tunneling aspect. Um, but again, it, it kind of also breaks that privacy scenario because now you're connecting to an ISP uh, where it is under your name. So stuff that you do on there still can go back to you. So if you have your own VPN server and you are downloading uh, pirated material, you're still going to get a letter. Uh, it's not until someone else's ISP that does that, and and I've heard VPN, you know, providers. Um, uh, I mean, they all have business lines, so they're not necessarily being monitored by the uh, ISPs that they're connected to. But I have heard that sometimes other individuals will send the uh, VPN provider a letter that says, "Hey, someone was pirating content, and we know that it's coming to you all." And the VPN providers look at that and they're like, hmm, yes, more Firestarter. And they just chuck it. Um, <laughs> so that is a nice little item to where you just don't have to get those. Those, those Though those letters really do nothing uh, and, uh, you know, really aren't. Well, I, that, I don't they're, know they're if warnings. They're, they're warnings, right? And you get like three of them and then your internet gets temporarily disabled or something like that. I, no, I remember, I remember the, like, I remember reading some stories about kids that are on like college campuses that were either getting kicked out of school or were getting fined like tens of thousands of dollars uh, because they were by the school. No, no, I think it was from, I think it was from the content holder. Like they wanted to make oh, okay. examples of these kids, but I, okay. I want to, before we, I do like the idea of spinning up your own VPN. There are instructions online on how to do that. Um, it, it's again, you, you're just trading one set of risks for another. Uh, but real quick on why VPNs are actually a fairly effective mitigation um, for folks that are looking to pirate content, which by the way, like I do not endorse piracy. Like honestly, I don't steal Pisces. Yeah, yeah. Once, once upon a time I was a rebellious teenager and like, it might've made more sense then. But like, honestly, in this day and age, like if there's good quality content out there, like, just pay for it. Like the folks, the folks that made it, they put a bunch of resources into it. If you like it, it's probably worth like paying for it. Anyways, slight tangent. But um, so I, I had a friend who had Google Fiber uh, back in Atlanta, and uh, and so this friend downloaded a piece of, of media. And basically, the way that these media companies will actually catch you, so and and it's it's due to the way that torrenting works. When you torrent a file you're actually downloading that file from a lot of other people. 
it could be like hundreds of other people or hundreds of other computers. You're, you're downloading a little bit from a lot of different places. And, and you know, once you're done downloading that file, unless you configure it, otherwise you will typically become what they call a seeder, which is to say you are now a source for that file. So other people are going to download that file from you. And so what the, what the media companies do is they will actually uh, host the media content to allow other people to download it from them via torrent. And when somebody downloads that media content from them, they will know what IP address uh, that party connected to them from. And then they will know, okay, this party has illegally downloaded this media. And so in the case of Google Fiber, my friend uh, who downloaded this media clearly uh, ended up downloading part of that media from one of the media companies. And before they were even done downloading the file, they had an email in their inbox from Google Fiber saying that Google Fiber had received a complaint um, that this file was being downloaded from the home IP address and that if this activity continued, that internet access would be cut off. Uh, so, so that's typically how folks are getting caught. There's also been like some lawsuits, I think, where there's basically media companies that stand this up and then have it running for an extended period of time and then basically get this massive list of pirates and then go into, go into court with that. Uh, so when you're on a VPN and the IP address that you're downloading that content from is not your home IP address, but is some place in the Swiss Alps. Uh, yeah. So like what Drew said, depending on the VPN provider, they're most likely like it might be that the media company still sends that complaint to the VPN provider, but the VPN provider is probably going to take it and throw it out. Um, or in extreme cases, they or if coerced by like uh, law enforcement, they may have to go through the process of figuring out who the actual source IP address was. Um, but yeah, so so that's how that's how these media companies will typically catch you when you're using uh, when you're using the torrent protocol and why VPNs are actually uh, a fairly effective mitigation. All right. So with this, do we want to talk a little bit about the threat modeling of uh, VPN and connection? Yeah, let's do and... it. A thing that a thing that lots of people don't don't really think too much about. What do these things actually do for you? So okay, so so let's let's set the stage real quick. What is threat modeling? Uh, so so threat modeling when we talk about it is when you're thinking about a security situation, when you're thinking about uh, kind of protecting yourself. There's a few things you got to think about because because again, security is a, a game of economics. So you might have something of value. Uh, it might take less than that value to uh, compromise that from you. Therefore, you're a good target because somebody can invest X, they'll get 2X by compromising it. So you should probably protect yourself uh, more. So, so when we're talking about threat modeling, we got to think like, okay, what do you have? What do you have access to? How much is it worth? Uh, what, what is the economic value of the things that you're trying to protect? And given that, like, who are you actually concerned about, right? Like what, what is your behavior? So in the case of piracy, who are you concerned about? You're probably concerned about the media companies. Um, if you're doing more illegal things online, you're, you're, the parties you're concerned about are probably going to be increasing in terms of capabilities like law enforcement or intelligence services. Um, if it's, I just don't want my personal data to be out there just because I'm using an open Wi-Fi network, then it's the college kids at the coffee shop. Uh, so, so that's the whole idea behind threat modeling. Um, and so with that said, let's, let's think about the parameters of, of using a VPN. So on the parameters of using a VPN, uh, going with what we have, uh, an opaque tunnel is one way to look at it, right? So with this, it's, uh, Though we talked about VPNs being used for, you know, pirating and, and other items, there are legitimate reasons to use a VPN. Uh, they allow for certain individuals and parties, again, uh, to see content. But with that, they do also have a focus on what many would consider illegal activity, such as pirating. Now, uh, or, you know, hacking. If, if you're using a VPN for hacking, there's a few different problems there. Um, and as, as we discussed beforehand with this, um, but with this, this opaque tunnel 
as stated beforehand, that one of the biggest risks that you have is there are kind of a watering hole for law enforcement and uh, other groups that aren't law enforcement. Uh, and when I say other groups, this is like other government groups that are not law enforcement. So you have a ton of individuals who will be using these services, believing that they are protected. And with this, they are not because everything that they're doing is being logged and monitored. And, uh, you know, the, there there's a few examples of this happening um, with what we'll call traditional VPN services. And there is uh, even more um, or maybe it just seems like there's more because it's discussed more um, of this happening from using other tunnel services, which some would say are uh, more secure than just using a regular VPN, such as the Tor network. Um, a lot of people use that to hide their data, but there's been lots of evidence that there are exploits used in it. Sometimes um, it doesn't work so well. <clears throat> yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work really well whenever the government wants it not to work well for you. Um, and to, to think that it is a service that uh, provides true security uh, kind of has been dismayed by multiple court cases. Now, interesting enough, uh, law enforcement also drops a lot of these charges against individuals that are running serv those services because they do not want to reveal what or how they are using or or how they are being able to unmask individuals within a service like this. And this goes back to that multi-hop versus single point uh, VPN discussion that we had a little bit earlier. So you are trading essentially one evil that is known, you know, the, the open Wi-Fi for some other evil, which is potentially unknown and in many cases is likely unknown unless you have a very good relationship with that VPN provider, uh, a.k.a. it was one of your friends that owns that VPN. So do you know, you know, who is running the servers? Do you know if it's compromised? There have been VPN providers that have been compromised. They have been compromised for months and they didn't tell anyone or any of their users. Is it being logged? And there are lots of VPN providers that claim that it's being logged or not, that it's not being logged. But uh, we have found that, oh, okay, yeah, they they are actually logging. And on that, if my personal well, opinion. Yeah, well, hold on, let me let me jot in there real quick. Okay. I want to I want to like, emphasize one of the things that you just said is um, like basically if you think about VPNs, if you think about the times in which you hear people talking about VPNs, at least for me, the folks that I know that are not all that closely related to the technological world that talk about VPNs, they talk about it in the context of I'm doing something kind of shady on the internet. I want to protect myself. Like, and so if you think about that, like put yourself in law enforcement shoes, there's this service that all of these people that want to do illegal things flock to. And the way the service works is they all put their traffic into these tunnels and all the tunnels come out the same place over there. And there's plenty of precedents to say that the way that these groups work is they sit at the end of the tunnel, like they're watering holes, which is to say it's where they can sit in one place and have everybody come to them and figure out like, okay, cool, here's, here's what we see. And we're actually able to see a lot of stuff because a lot of people are coming to us. And there's, I, I, there's a book called Kingpin, which I really enjoyed, uh, which goes through kind of the the carding market, which is to say the selling of stolen credit cards uh, and, and kind of how the, the FBI um, basically took over that whole market through watering hole attacks. Um, so, so this is to say that it is, if I was in law enforcement, a great place to be sitting would be at the other end of these VPN connections. And so, and so Drew was touching on these uh, a lot of these VPNs will say that like, oh, we don't we don't create any logs, and that's cool and all, hard to prove. Uh, and just recently, I think it was like last week from when we we're recording this, uh, there was some news that broke that there were seven different VPN services 
that had their their server logs publicly available through like an erroneous configuration or something. But like these are VPN services that are saying we don't log any data. So even if we get like coerced or like required to hand over our log data to law enforcement, we don't have the data that would incriminate you. And seven of those companies were found that they actually had the log data and the log data was publicly available. So I, I approach any claim that there's no logs with extreme skepticism. But I think you guys, Logan and Drew, uh, had had a good comment about uh, how I should actually think about that. Yeah, and and with that, this is look up VPN providers that have case precedent saying that, hey, our VPN data has been requested by law enforcement. We gave them anything that we had, which was absolutely nothing um, besides, yeah, this person uses our VPN services. Um, that is kind of how you can prove like a VPN is not providing logs is when they provide, they have actual case precedent. And I find case precedent like that even more appealing than third-party reviews for VPN providers. You can always choose your third party. That's right. You can always choose your third party and you can always change your configuration during those tests, which no one would do of course not um <laughs> but uh uh you can't uh change when a warrant has been given and they're like well we're taking boxes right now um so that's a live test and uh, <laughs> you know if they pass that then then that's good um and that is that is step one for it being a uh, vpn service that you should look into Okay, and I, I want to summarize summarize what we've said here. Uh, so with VPNs, you're not actually anonymous. There are some cases where it's going to be much harder to figure out who you are. But if you're on a VPN and you're connecting to sites where you're already logged in, it doesn't matter what IP address you're coming from. They still know. Like, yeah, you just jumped regions, but you're, you're still the exact same person. You're not actually improving privacy that much. Uh, you, you're basically hiding things from one party and exposing them to another. Uh, and you do know some things about the parties you're hiding it from, like it's your ISP, it's the folks in the coffee shop, whatever. You don't really know who's on the other side of that tunnel. Um, and the thing that keeps me up at night is VPNs are commonly used for like kind of like petty digital crime. And law enforcement is very much aware of that. Uh, so you got to think like if you look at the way that they usually behave towards this sort of uh, law enforcement usually approaches this sort of behavior, uh, like, VPNs, I can't imagine if you're doing something sufficiently bad, it's not going to protect you at all. Also, just don't do it. Whatever you're doing, you are not the apex predator. <laughs> you should not be doing it. It's a bad idea. Um, but let's 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 wrap things up here a little bit and say, okay, so Drew and Logan, when should you use a VPN, and when should you just say there's a better alternative? Um. I don't know. Uh, Personally, I use a VPN when I want to avoid uh, traffic manipulation and traffic shaping from uh, ISPs I don't trust, like Comcast or Verizon. I don't actually use a VPN to protect myself. Um, I don't use a VPN for its security uses, actually. I use a VPN quite a bit um, for a, a myriad of different reasons. Of course, you know, if I'm connecting to business resources if we don't just have that out freely willy-nilly on the internet um and a lot of companies do that but you know the the typical things let's let's cover the typical items uh you know uh though we don't endorse it if you're doing pirating or other illegal activity you can use a vpn for that right um if you are just trying to protect yourself from bad actors in general uh connecting to any public wi-fi whether that be airport hotel uh, coffee shop, um, or that free wireless network that is around your house that says free internet for all, uh, definitely use a VPN on it. Um, <clears throat> is it FBI surveillance man number five, right? No, 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 no. That, that's the actual FBI surveillance van that's out there. They're, they're not serving <laughs> up free Wi-Fi. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's number four is the free Wi-Fi. Um, you know, if you're super paranoid about your ISP, yeah, sure. Use it at your house. Um, 
if you remember, though, that's it's just protecting you against your ISP, not other individuals ISPs, right? You're still going through an ISP. And in general, um, using it to give you just a extra layer of protection, right? And I always equate VPNs to antivirus. Um, what is antivirus for? Mostly antivirus is there to um, hopefully catch something for when you have a moment of stupidity and you click on something that you shouldn't have or uh, something starts downloading and tries to run. Uh, a VPN I treat very similarly as a, hey, I understand its limitations. Um, I understand its real benefits without reading all the marketing hype. Right. I understand that I'm not unhackable with a VPN, but I also do understand that it makes it much more difficult to compromise my box when I am out and about um, and I am connected uh, to an Internet. It doesn't even have to be an open Internet. I mean, I use a VPN when I'm connected to a hotspot uh, that I own. So my phone is a hotspot and I'll still use a VPN. So understanding that using it for just that little extra oomph of security, uh, building up that security in depth item, which we've talked about. Uh, I think they are appropriate in that as long as you understand their true limitations and don't think that they are the end all be all for security and privacy of your connection. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to throw my hat in there as well. I, you know, connecting to corporate networks. Yep. Use a VPN for that. Otherwise, I typically don't use a VPN in my day-to-day. But if I was to need something, uh, if I was to need a VPN for some purpose, I would actually probably set my own up. Um, it's really straightforward. If you follow online tutorials, if you have a little bit of computer experience, um, and that will probably be quite a bit more protective uh, than, than ones that you're going to pay a little bit of money for. In summary, here's your three takeaways when it comes to VPNs. One... They're not going to make you unhackable. Two, they're still a good idea to use if you're connecting to public Wi-Fi. And three, if you can, pick a VPN provider that has case precedence that shows they are not actually holding on to their logs. Virtual private networks are undoubtedly a cool technology, but they're commonly touted as a safeguard for ensuring your security and privacy on the internet. As we covered in this episode, the reality of VPNs is that they, in most cases, don't do anything of the sort. Depending on the situation you're in, using a VPN might even be more risky than not. At the end of the day, while there are a handful of cases where VPNs will probably make you safer, such as the coffee shop scenario, VPNs tend to mostly give folks a false sense of security. Strong passwords and multi-factor authentication will put you in a far better place than a VPN ever will. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Security Explained. If you enjoyed listening, we'd love to hear from you. We're always looking for new topics that our audience finds interesting, and you might be able to pick our next show. Feel free to reach out via social media or rate our podcast on your listening platform to let us know how we're doing. You can find us on the web at securityexplained.fm or on Twitter at SecExplained. Thanks again, and until next time, stay safe.